You know, we were all excited to see Team Canada, of course, qualify for this year's World Cup this past weekend. So should Toronto, should Toronto consider actually co-hosting the World Cup in 2026? Sounds exciting. Also, sounds costly. Marvin Ryder is a professor of sports marketing at DeGroote School of Business at McMaster in Hamilton and joins us now for more on this. Marvin, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be with you, Jeff. All right. For those that don't really follow it too closely, uh, could you maybe put this into some sort of context for us? Just how big would it be for Toronto to co-host the World Cup? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, the World Cup is being held this year. Do you know what country is hosting it? Several. KG <laughs> <laughs> answer. The answer is Qatar. Q-A-T-A-R uh, in the Middle East is hosting it. Do you know who hosted it four years ago? I don't know. No. Get this. It was Russia. It was Russia. This was a plan mm. by the World Cup to try to integrate Russia into the world sports areas. So, uh, a few years ago, three years ago, uh, Canada and the United States and Mexico put forward a bid to host these games in 2026, and the World Cup said, great. Uh, Part of it was, of course, the United States. This is a big market. The World Cup would like to see soccer grow more there. But the idea was that each of the countries would host some of the games, and Canada was marked to host 10 of them. Now, many cities were proposed, Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Toronto, Montreal, among those, and the number of games wasn't exactly fleshed out in the report. So uh, the hosting uh, in 2026 for Toronto, it is being proposed that they get half of the Canadian games, five of those ten games, and you're absolutely right, the total bill for Toronto would be $90 million. $20 million of that would be for local costs, say security and police and traffic control, what have you, but the other $70 million would be costs associated with hosting the games. Now, is this a big deal? Um, in terms of world sporting events, you might remember that a few years ago, Toronto was one of the hosts for the Pan Am Games, that's right. the big uh, Western Hemisphere uh, Games, and honestly, on the world stage, nobody really pays much attention to the Pan Am Games. So when you get talking about the World Cup of Soccer, you're actually in roughly the same ballpark as the Olympics. In other words, if you are a fan of soccer, this is absolutely the preeminent event on your table. Uh, so it's very exciting for them. Now, I would tell you that there's a cost to doing this. What is the benefit? And yes, nice people do the calculation, and they've determined there's $307 million of economic impact. That comes from people renting hotel rooms and doing flights and and, um, eating at restaurants and buying souvenirs. And that's great, but I would never host one of these events strictly for the short-term economic impact that it gets me. I'm basically buying that economic jolt. Um, Is there anything long-term? And as I tried to demonstrate with the first questions, I'm not sure exactly what the long-term benefit of hosting the World Cup is. Again, I understand if you are a big fan, you have all of this memorized. All that trivia I gave you, you knew the answers to that. But for the average person on the street... I don't know if it's that big of a deal. So I think Toronto has to weigh this. One last quick note is that this cost is not being solely borne by the city of Toronto. The federal government and the provincial government are each prepared to pay a third of the cost. So they're on the hook for roughly $177 million. They want to do this. Uh, and it was to the point, in fact, and you wouldn't know this part of the story, in 2026, Hamilton had been asked 
to consider hosting the Commonwealth Games. And when they went to the province for money, the province says we can't do both, and our money is on the World Cup. We'd rather spend the money on the World Cup than Commonwealth Games. So Hamilton's been told to look maybe at 2030 instead. Okay, so, you know, a couple of things there, Marvin, and your point is uh, well taken about how well we remember uh, the cities where championships are uh, played. I don't know, and this is something we discussed when the Pan Am Games came here to uh, Toronto not too long ago. Sure, if you're a, uh, particularly in the Pan Am Games, if you had a family member involved, you were probably traveling here. And for the World Cup, if you're a soccer fan and your team is playing, you might travel here. But I don't know how many people independently just watch a sporting event. I mean, even the Stanley Cup, wherever it might be uh, hosted in a host city and think to themselves, like, I've enjoyed watching, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, but I'd never say to myself, boy, I really got to get to Tampa Bay, you know? <laughs> yeah, and spend $1,000 for a pair of tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, oh, not only just know. to see the event, sorry, but in the long term where, uh, you know, I'm really sold on a city because I've been watching the yeah. sporting event. Yeah, and, and I think that's a very good comment here. So, you know, if we want to host it because it's part of a strategy, say it's a strategy to position Toronto as a sports venue where this is just one of many things that Toronto can host and it's, it builds on a sport heritage, okay, that's fine. But if you're doing it because you think, well, you know, if Amazon only saw the World Cup being hosted in Toronto, they'd put their headquarters in Toronto it just doesn't work like that. And, and one of the dangers is that the people who organize this tend to be, for lack of a better term, sport fanatics. Fanatic, meaning they love it at all costs. And this has to be tempered by, does it actually make good economic sense? Yeah. In this case, they... because the other people are contributing, I don't think it's that bad of a deal for Toronto. Right, because we've got provincial and uh, federal level uh, tax dollars coming as well if this uh, goes through. Having said that, though, Marvin, do we know how they calculate that if Toronto spends $90 million and the province and the feds each kick in roughly $90 million as well, how do they get this $307 million figure? I mean, you know, the old adage is you got to spend money to make money, but uh, right. are you guaranteed to see that money at the end? Uh, well, no, not at this point. So it's a projection based on some assumptions. And the big assumption is what we call the trickle-down effect. So based on other sporting events that have been held in the area, you calculate how those dollars get spent, how many of them stay in the community, how many of them go someplace else, and then those dollars trickle down to those people. Those people then spend money they didn't have before. And the way it works out, roughly speaking, is that for every $1 of direct economic activity, that's the $90 million, uh, it's going to generate roughly 3 to $3.5 of trickle-down economic activity in the community. Hotel rooms that wouldn't have been booked, restaurants that would not have sold meals. The one problem with that is the assumption is that if this event didn't come to town, then those hotel rooms wouldn't be used by anything else. That's not always a good assumption. Something else might come along, let's say the International Car Show, which has been canceled for the last couple of years. That might be a good alternative or maybe a Grand Prix race or something. It's not absolutely clear that if you didn't do this, that those rooms would just sit empty, those restaurants would sit idle. But again, if I'm a restaurateur who suffered through COVID, my city council turns down an opportunity to help fill my restaurant, I'm probably going to say, what are you thinking here, guys? So, again, it's very difficult on all sides of this to know quite what is the right answer. Sure. When you talk about suffering through COVID, Marvin, I mean... How do you put a price on the fun factor as well? I mean, coming out of the pandemic and we've all, uh, you know, gone through a lot of hardships and uh, travails over the past uh, couple of years. I mean, 
Can you put a price tag on something like this and sort of the buzz that would generate the excitement and something to look forward to hosting five games of the World Cup? Yeah, and the answer is no. Uh, you called it the fun factor. I could call it the morale boost. Uh, no, you can't put a dollar value on that or the psychic energy that's connected to that. And so this is, again, where you have to say, well, do I have alternate uses for these monies? Would these alternate uses get me the same kind of bang for my buck? Now, I guarantee you're going to hear from a group called Bread Not Circuses. This is an organization that protests uniformly these kind of events, much like they protest world fairs. They say this is just about amusement. It really isn't anything substantial, and that money could be better spent to reduce poverty or homelessness or help children get a hot meal in the morning, whatever it happens to be. And that, again, becomes the tough question around priorities. Some people would say we're mixing two things that shouldn't be mixed, other people would say, you know, yeah, we need to we need to prioritize what's number one, number two coming out of this. And so I, I do not envy city councillors who have to vote on this. Having said that to you, the worst thing we can do is dilly-dally. We're either in or we're out. Make that decision and then live with it. Uh, and that's the best way to deal with these big events. We will be watching this with interest and very closely. Marvin, really appreciate your analysis and your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be with you, Jeff. You bet. Marvin Ryder is a professor of sports marketing at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University in Hamilton. And we're back after this break here on The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.